Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, everybody. Thursday, June 17th. Big day today. Obamacare just survived in the Supreme Court. And therefore, Cliff, who is here with me as well. Hi, Cliff. Well, hello. Uh, hello. So uh, therefore, we still have health care. Therefore, we still have health care. And we brought Charles Gabba back or Gabba, depending, I guess. You're a Midwesterner. You go by Gabba, don't you? Uh, we always go uh, Gabba, actually, is how we use it. Gabba? Yep. Oh, fun. Boy, that must have been fun growing up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because I used to go by Chuck. So, Chuck, you know. Chuck Gabba. Yeah. I'm sure there's yeah. no kids in, in school that were <laughs> immature about that at all. Yeah, right, that's what right. I mean. Like, I can't even, I mean, I got the, your name sounds like a disease. I'm like, yeah, I've never heard that before. But, you know, what I got Clifford the Big Red Dog forever. So, what was that? Was that a thing? I don't remember Clifford the Big Red Dog? No. Yeah. Have you ever seen those books, John? No. Dude. <laughs> I don't know what they were teaching you in Greek school, but uh, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, they're huge, like oh. kindergarten age kids books about some huge red dog named Clifford who would run around places. And so at least up through the third or fourth grade or so, Funny. that was that was who I was. Funny. Well, let me tell you folks, in case you don't know who Charles is, we've got him on to talk about the Obamacare decision, the Affordable Care Act decision. Huge <laughs> news today, what it means. But uh, Charles is the founder of ACA Signups a healthcare policy analysis blog devoted to tracking all things ACA, the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, and healthcare policy related. He started this when no one was tracking this info. Krugman, uh, Paul Krugman at the New York Times was using his numbers. Um, I'm trying to see here. Anyway, yeah, so it became sort of a big deal. You just decided to be wonky and geeky, and all of a sudden there was a need for what you were doing, and it took off, which is great. Well, if you ever catch yourself thinking when looking in the mirror, I wish my under eye bags would just go away. You're not alone. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women. Until now, introducing my new favorite, the new GenuCell Serum with plant stem cell technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote me, I've been using GenuCell for a couple months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and haven't come back. I love this product. I use it under my eyes, around the cheekbones, and on my eyelids. With its instant effects, Chamonix says you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. They guarantee it. Order now and save big on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L. For an instant 10% off your order, order now. You'll get the amazing Genucel XB face cream. When you order the exclusive Genucel most popular package at checkout, that's love, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Stephanie. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. Now, welcome we uh, we chatted with you a few months ago, wait, worrying about this decision coming. We were all expecting that we were going to have Obamacare struck down. Uh, instead, today is joyous day. Tell us what happened. Well, and let's say quickly, just for some context, it's especially surprising, although I have my suspicions and conspiracies, which we can talk about, um, but that it wasn't just protected like last time around when Roberts was the one who decided to keep it alive, but it was actually a 7-2 decision. With Clarence Thomas, maybe the, for the first time in his entire life, on the right side of something. So, um, talk to us, Charles. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that really is the, the the thing. So, yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot to unpack here and all that. Um, so, uh, first of all, I just I just want to say, just um, I, you know, you said that we were all expecting me it to be struck down. I actually wasn't expecting that it would. My my suspicion. You're like Joe Biden. You're this naive optimist. 
Well, no, what, what I figured, however, what, what I did expect, huh. however, was I expect that there were basically four possible ways that it could have gone. Okay. Right. One is they could throw the whole thing out, which is what they end up doing. Two, I was expecting the second option. I'm meaning that, throw the whole lawsuit out. Oh, right. I'm sorry, the lawsuit, pardon me. <laughs> yes. Uh, one is that they, that they could have uh, just, just dismissed the case, uh, which is what they did. The second is, is what I thought was going to happen, is, it was that they would strike down the mandate penalty itself, but leave the rest you know, intact. And that would have amounted to the same thing in practice. It would have been kind of annoying from a legal like precedent kind of you know, thing. Uh, angle, but but basically, for all practical purposes, it would amount to the same thing. That's what I figured they would do. I figured they would sort of throw a bone to you know to the right wing and, right. and all that. But I thought the um, mandate penalty was struck down. No, uh, it was zero. Well, no, 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 no. It was, and... it was, it was, yeah, it was changed. The amount was changed to zero. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So there's, and that's How what the whole case is about. That, that's what the yeah. whole case is about. Is that so you can't just that... change it to zero? You have to. Okay. okay. I right. misunderstood. Well, and right. Um, so then, so then, real quick though. So then, the debate was: Well, if it's to zero, does that mean it doesn't exist? Or the Republicans said: Oh no, it still exists. You still have a penalty, even though the penalty is zero. It's like a if a zero penalty. tax falls in the forest. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it, it, exactly. It's it's almost a philosophical debate. Yeah, that, that this it is so, zero yeah. a number. That's like that's what I quite like. Well, yeah. Yeah, does does the concept of zero, you know, and like my argument was always like, well, you know, if you if you if you de- if you write out a check for zero dollars and zero zero cents and try to deposit it, will the bank accept it? You know, that that's sort of thing. Right. So um, yeah, so that was the so the, the, the first was they 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 dismissed the case. The second uh, was that they cut out the uh, the mandate language, the underlying right. mandate language, and leave the rest intact, which would have been fine. The third would have been this really weird. I won't even go into it again because you know they didn't. It's it's done. It's moot now. Uh, but the third would have been that they would have struck out the mandate along with a chunk of the ACA, which would have just it would have been horrible, but it also but would have been really weird in a lot of ways. And then the fourth would be the nightmare scenario where they just you know where they they uh, nuke nuke the entire law, which is what the plaintiffs wanted, of course. In the end, um, the 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 two things that were surprising to me. Were number one that they just that they dismissed the case on lack of standing. Right. Uh, they didn't even get into the merits or anything. They just and said tell basically people what standing means. Yep. Yes, standing basically means if you sue someone, you know, like like if if I take my car to a mechanic and they you know they do a terrible job or overcharge me or whatever, I can sue my mechanic, right? But I can't sue like some random mechanic in a different state over a car that I don't even own. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't have standing. I have. Actually, it has nothing can I to do explain with. Uh, in, in one phrase what the sure. legal what the legal idea is? The legal idea of what Charles just said was he can sue the first mechanic because he suffered damage. Right. You have to have, have a. You have to show damage. Show, show that you uh, actually show that you were damaged. Otherwise, there's no standing. You can't sue on behalf of somebody else. So these governors can't sue and say, "Oh, the ADA's hurt lots of people." Uh, uh, uh. It has to have hurt your state. And in this case, since it was zero penalty, there's no. It really was philosophical. It was like it was philosophical. Can a zero penalty hurt you yeah. in any way? And of course, exactly. it really can't. It's Charles' so. example of the check. The the court basically said, "Well, you've got a check for zero dollars. Did did it take anything out of your bank account? Nope." So right. Charles, throw it back right. to him. yeah. So yeah, so that that's that's what it boils down to. And and uh, they say several times basically that if there was any injury. Uh, it was not traceable. They, they use that phrase a lot. Whether it was fairly traceable to, you know, to the fact that uh, you know, to, to the law or to the uh, 
you know, to those striking, to the zeroing out of the penalty and so on. And basically right. said that there is no, that there, there was no, there either there was no injury to them, or if there was, it had nothing to do with, you know, it couldn't be connected. So, so that was the first thing. The second thing, as uh, I, I think Cliff mentioned, that did surprise me was, uh, was, was the makeup of that seven to two. Um, I was expecting it to be, uh, you know, like six to three or something, but what I, I was expecting, um, Alito to join the majority because only because even though he hates, he's very right wing and he, he hates the ACA, but at the oral arguments last November, uh, he sounded extremely skeptical of the case. And he actually, you know, basically the, the case was that, um, you know, that without the penalty that the law doesn't work. Um, you know, that's the argument that they were making. And they were using the language from the previous, the 2012 case, when the, the Obama administration was making that argument that you, it was necessary to have this penalty or else the law wouldn't work. Well, right. that may have been true, you know, seven, eight years earlier, but it is it clearly isn't true now because because the penalty has been zero for, you know, two years now and the law is doing fine. You know, like it, it got dinged a little bit, but that was it. Yeah. So it, it, you know, and he's kind of amazing said, when you think about it. I don't mean to cut you off. I'll yeah. just say quickly that they've tried everything imaginable <laughs> to destroy yeah. this law from attacking the mandate to to not spending, you know, under Trump, all sorts of money they had to promote it. And 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 I, I think the website wasn't working at times on purpose. So you probably know much more details. That? Of this, yeah. yeah, Charles. But like. You know, they 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 literally have tried to, and then of course, even just voting to get rid of it 50, mm -hmm. 60 times sends a message, you right. know, to people who don't follow closely that well, that must be awful, you know, if they and, and they've done everything and they cannot seem to actually wreck it. At yeah, least so and, far. well, yeah, and of course, you know, the the closest that they came legislatively was, uh, you know, was the summit in July of of twenty seventeen. You know, with the uh, you know John, it came down, you know, the House repealed it, and then yeah, John McCain gives his famous thumbs down. Uh, and it failed by one vote, you know, and it was very dramatic in the middle of the night. Um, so, you know, after after it fa they failed to, sh to to kill it legislatively, that's when Trump turned, you know, uh, Trump tried tried to damage it as much as he could um, from, you know, administratively in terms of enforcement and uh, you know administration. And at the same time, you had, you know, the, uh, on the on the judicial side, you had this, you know, this latest case, and of course, there's been several high profile. Uh, cases to to tear it down, and this this was like there's been a bunch of them, um, but this was the last of like the big three. There there were three that were like an ex existential threat, right. and uh, this was the third one, um, and uh, so yeah, and so so it survived, and and so yeah, like I said, uh, Alito, you know, he basically made it a he was like talking about he made the the, the comparison to an airplane where they say oh if you, if, if one of the engines goes out then the plane will crash well. <laughs> Well, the engine was taken out and the plane's still flying, you know. I was going to say, but that's actually what happens. Actually, yeah, the, the, the backup <laughs> engine usually. <laughs> right. So, so it's kind of a stupid <laughs> the metaphor. It really doesn't work. Right. Planes, and yet, and like, yet, what happens if your main parachute doesn't come out? The backup right. comes out usually. Yeah. I mean. And, and yet, and yet, Alito, and yet, but this is, yeah. this is an important thing. Um, this is the reason I was worried, though, is because, you know, the oral arguments made it sound like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, the law is safe. But then, look. But then, Alito, even though he sounded like he was going to, you know, be on the majority side, he ended up, you know, dissenting anyway. But, but Thomas is uh, again, as Cliff said, who you know, Thomas has been like dead silent for like thirty years or something. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden, maybe it's maybe it's because of the Zoom. Maybe it's like the remote, you know, because all these remotes. He's on camera. Sudden, he's going to be alive again. Yeah. All the all of a sudden. Maybe they said his Manchurian <laughs> candidate like buzzwords that woke right. him up. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. he's been talking. Yeah. 
Uh, and you know, good. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna give him credit on this one, you know. But uh, yeah, um, it reminds me of like the Winter Soldier. They probably were like storm, <laughs> powering, <laughs> <laughs> lightning, and he's like, I don't know. So, well, have I ever mentioned to you what a carnivorous beast my mom is? She loves steak and burgers, right? We grew up on them. I've never seen her so happy when I sent her Omaha steaks and burgers for Christmas one year. Holidays around the corner, finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com right now and enter Stephanie in the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees, like the world-famous bacon wrap filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code Stephanie, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com. You'll get eight free burgers when you enter the code Stephanie. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. That's omahasteaks.com. The keyword is Stephanie, omahasteaks.com. There's so much going on in the world that can make it difficult to relax and decompress. You've experienced the Sunday scaries, that feeling of dread in the pit of your stomach that comes on Sunday afternoons. Now here's a totally different Sunday scaries, a vitamin-boosted CBD gummy. And you don't even have to wait until Sunday night rolls around. Self-care is so important, and Sunday scaries is here to help. Sunday scaries believes that everyone deserves a hand on a difficult day. Oh, oh, I get it. Everyone deserves a hand on a difficult day. I thought it said a hand on. I'm like, what's a hand on? Is it like a handoff? Anyway, so if you're looking for a way to decompress, Sunday Scaries has you covered with their CBD products. Visit sundayscaries.com. That's S-C-A-R-I-E-S.com and use promo code SEXYLIBERAL, one word, at checkout to get 25% off your order. That's 25% off at sundayscaries.com with promo code SEXYLIBERAL. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA these products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. These products are not for use by or sale to persons under the age of 18. Can I just put like a finer point on what Charles is saying? So basically, because a couple years back, Trump got together with Mitch McConnell and whoever the House Majority Leader was at that point, I guess, was it still Kevin McCarthy? Or no, or was it? Who Paul was our, Ryan was probably the speaker then. Would have been Paul Ryan right. at that point. Um, that they all got together. And decided they were going to screw Obamacare by getting rid of the the, the no well 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 yes well. yes and no I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm to yeah no um, we'll tell tell us more of the detail okay. then what? basically basically they spent you know the House Republicans and Trump and and, and the House and Senate they did everything they could for all of 2017 yes. right they spent the whole year desperately I was trying... I was starting after John McCain but go ahead and explain oh okay yes. okay yeah they oh, okay well, they they, they had they had spent you know, all that time trying to kill it legislatively. And then they came close and McCain. Very close. By one vote, McCain saved us, ironically. Yeah. Yeah. And so in December of 2017, having failed to kill the ACA, they passed their big fat $1.5 trillion tax cut bill, right? Right. Uh, That slashes, you know, slashes taxes on the super rich and corporations and so forth. And as part of that, they slipped in sort of a booby prize or a consolation prize. Right, and the consolation prize was, oh yeah, let's uh, let's change the penalty to zero. They couldn't get rid, you know, they didn't get rid of the penalty, um, right. but they they changed the amount that you have to, the, the penalty from seven hundred dollars down to zero, basically. Right, right, and that was it. Right. And that was, and they, and and I say this in all honesty, they, the Republicans in the House and Senate, 
they may have been pissed that they didn't get that they didn't end up succeeding in killing the ACA, but they really did not think that like, oh, this is our secret way of killing it. You know, they basically said, well, fuck it, you know, screw it. At least we'll get rid of the, the you know, the penalty that we right. hate. And so they zeroed it. And then like a couple months later in early 2018, that was when about 20 um, Republican attorneys generals, right, led by uh, Ken Paxton, I believe, in, in Texas. Um, yes. they uh, brought, got they together, indicted, uh, yeah, and uh, they, they came up with this lawsuit based on this insanely convoluted, ridiculous legal theory that, aha, Congress got rid of the, you know, they zeroed out the penalty, but there's still a penalty. And that means right. there's no way to enforce it. And that means that it's unconstitutional. Right. And right. that means that it has to go down. And that means that the whole law has to go down. It was a, it was right. a house right. of cards. And yeah, so now it's over. <laughs> well, and I guess the the finer point or the more general point I was trying to make on this is that because the Republicans thought, and I, I still think that, by the way, they were probably doing a, a throwaway to their base by saying, oh, look, we zeroed it out, right? In terms mm. of, so that at least we have something to cover our asses with because right. we had, as Cliff said, 60 votes and we keep losing. I think they also thought um, the way Gingrich always talked about uh, Medicare or Medicaid, you know, withering on the, was it Medicaid or Medicare? Medicaid, I think, withering on the vine. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. the idea is you start to defund these programs and these programs just wither and go away. That by, by getting rid of the mandate, a little complicated, I mean, you could get into it, but the mandate, the idea was everybody has to get health insurance. And if everybody mm -hmm. gets it, healthy people and sick people have insurance and therefore all of our premiums stay lower. If only sick people get insurance, then the premiums will go up. So I guarantee you some Republicans were thinking this was a little Trojan horse backdoor way of screwing the ACA because we get rid of the, we zero off the mandate. People won't get coverage. And now only the sick people get coverage. Prices will soar and the whole house of cards will crash. Right. Right. Which is, which is exactly why the mandate penalty was there in the first place. You know, that, that was, if you recall, right. if people recall back during the 2008 uh, primaries you know, hmm. between uh, the, the contentious primary between president Obama and, and Hillary Clinton during the, the democratic primary, that oh, wait, was, you said, okay. Oh, wait, yeah, right. back in 2008. Yeah. That was the big, their, that was their biggest difference. I don't remember that. Was they, they actually had fairly similar, you know, their, their healthcare proposals were reasonably close. The right. biggest difference was that Barack Obama did not want a penalty. Oh, he didn't funny. think it was necessary. He, he thought, that, well, huh. as, as long as you make as long as you make the care good enough and affordable enough, everybody. Right. I remember up. that during the campaign, right? Edwards and, and Hillary, Hillary both wanted the right. And Hillary Edwards said. Uh, it, right, and, and Hillary was, yeah. was, say, was saying that no, no, that she's talked to all these experts and they said all these actuaries and stuff, and they said, well, no, right. you have to have some sort of a penalty involved in order to you know goad people into signing up, hmm. and um, that was the big thing. So then, in the end, you know, Obama wins, he becomes president, but he did, he did. That was actually Hillary. You know, the, the penalty was actually more of a Hillary thing. Right. Uh, and at the time, and here's the other thing that people have to understand: when you say about was it necessary or wasn't it. Those are two, asking the question 10 years ago is not the same as asking the question today. At the time, the other thing was that the insurance carriers demanded it. They said, look, if we're going to, if we're going to give all these protections, you know, we're going to give all this, uh, you know, all, all these uh, benefits and so forth to all these, all these sick people, then we have to have some sort of guarantee that enough of them are going to sign up to, you know, cover right. our asses. Right? right. And so if they had, so having the penalty at the time, was deemed necessary in order to get them on board. Because otherwise what you would have had is there would have been a bunch of states where you'd have the ACA exchange, but no button, but there would be no one to sign up with, you know, right. it'd be a blank screen. Right. Um, and so 
yeah, at the time it kind of was necessary. Well, as it turns out, when they got rid of it, everybody, including myself, uh, predicted that, oh, you know, you know, rates are going to you know, skyrocket. They're going to go up way. They did end up going up somewhat. They went up about anywhere six to eight uh, percent in right. starting in 2019 because you know when they zeroed out the mandate. And that's you know that's not chumped it. That's like six hundred bucks a person per year, and it's, you know it's not nothing. And for some that's people, that's not, a lot of money. I want right. to be honest; like it hurt people as they intended to do, but it, it didn't did hurt it. exactly. It, it was damaging, but it was not you know it was not a death blow or anything. It just ended up not being nearly as bad as they thought. So the irony, the great irony of all this, is that in trying to kill Obamacare. They actually made Obamacare more like Obamacare. That is, right. it is the law is now closer to President Obama's original vision than it was right. if they elected in place. They probably made it more popular too, because you don't have people getting pissed because they're getting paying the mandate. Right, and know? of course, so if you're like, subsidized, that, that's the other thing is that 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 um, that that premium increase that you know six to eight points or whatever. That's for the people who are who saw that are the people who are unsubsidized, the ones who you know who who don't who earn too much to be uh, to receive financial assistance. If you're subsidized, which well over eighty five percent of enrollees are, then basically, guess who eats that extra six hundred bucks a year? The federal government, in the form of you know your premiums go up six hundred bucks, the subsidies go up six hundred bucks, right, to cover it. So basically, I call it the world's most expensive shim. You know, they they ripped off a leg of the three-legged stool and replaced it with $5 billion a year in extra subsidies. Well, if you pile that money up, that creates quite a leg. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is to me, and I, I kind of hinted at this when we were started this off, I'm still, again, suspicious. I mean, look, we're not at a point where I believe that we've got real jurists on the court for the most part on the right. Mm -hmm. They have purposely put Republicans in robes up there political players and i don't think you know and that's why to me thomas was most interesting because i haven't believed he's done anything in good faith since the moment he got there um and so that i found it interesting so so i mean again who knows right because clearly alito and gorsuch were willing to to toss it out but it seems to me that for republicans trying to run in a midterm election uh when you've just ripped health care away from a whole lot of your base because mm -hmm. people everybody likes to portray it as oh it, you know the, on the right it's just black people that's helping uh, no, it's not just <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of people that would lose health care and suddenly they'd be angry at you. And I, 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 I don't know. That's the conspiratorial side of me, like the way they always, you know, and maybe we'll see if this gets fit, gets changed, too. They're always going to overturn Roe, but somehow just don't manage to do it. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you're, now you're getting to the larger sort of philosophical, you know, the question about. You know, if someone does the right thing for the wrong reason, you know, that's, you know, what, what which I'm okay with. But, Let's be, know, let me be clear. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately, yes, that may be an issue. And yes, I'm sure other cases, you know, again, the Roe you know, versus Wade or so, you know, coming up, maybe they're paving the way to, to, you know, do something horrible. But you know what? If they're going to do something horrible, they're going to do something horrible. You know, all I can do is say is for this particular case on this particular day, at this particular moment, I'm thrilled with the outcome. No, uh, no, and me too. I don't want to, to cloud that, Charles. I was right, trying to just sort of do whatever my value is to the show and add a little extra analysis as to why oh, it may definitely. have happened. That doesn't, yeah. uh, you know, listen, I'll, I'll live with politicians making the right decisions for the wrong reasons all day long if these <laughs> things, help, these, you know, if these things end up helping people. I'm great with that. Yeah, it, um, is, it, yeah, it, is, it, is, it is interesting. I mean, um, the, the one like last year, you know, when uh, Justice Ginsburg passed away, of course, and of course the Dems went, you know, everyone went into a panic, and then they, uh, you know, uh, Trump nominated, and you know he sat um, uh, Barrett, 
uh, and huh? everybody was, oh my God, she's gonna, you know, she's gonna kill the ACA. Right. The irony is that she had actually just a year earlier, she had actually participated in like a mock, a mock version of this exact case for like a, a law school mm-hmm. class or something. Right. Um, it had come up and they'd used it as like a, just a, a pretend trial just so she could, you know, as a teaching tool. And she had been one of the uh, judges, you know, in this mock trial or mock case uh, hearing. And she actually did come out in favor of saving the ACA, uh, you know, in theory. And so, you know, it's, yeah, people's motivations and their leanings and why they do things. It's a fascinating thing um, to look at, you know, and of course, Brett Kavanaugh, everybody thought, oh, God, he's going to be horrible. And, you know, he has been on some cases, but um, again, on this one, he, uh, you know, came through. So good for him, you know. (laughs) Who knows, man? I swear you need a you need a private investigator to figure out all the conflicts of interest <laughs> and stuff going on in the Supreme Court these days. Yeah. All I know is, as you said, you know, a victory for today will take it. Right. Um, so, so what do we see as the future here? Are there, well, do, let me, are there other cases they're going to take up? Well, I was say, let me ask really quick because one thing that uh, Jeffrey Tubin, who I defend Jeffrey Tubin, there, <laughs> let's get it out there. And by the way, no matter where you are, brilliant of CNN to bring the guy back two days ago because he's their uh, uh, legal guy legal analyst so good timing on that but i but tubin tubin was disagreeing with some of the others some of the others were saying well you know they could still bring back a case and really go after this he feels like it's come up so many times that now for whatever reason the momentum the court overall it just feels like this is getting not codified because that means legally but sort of solidified Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be harder and harder to overturn the ACA now because it's lost. I should say the bad guys have lost so many times. Yeah, well, yeah, you, and I, I, I posted yeah. that in, in my, you know, I did a, my own blog post thing on this uh, this morning and I, I've been updating. I'm sure I'll be updating more after I get off the call. Right. But um, Katie Keith over at Health Affairs, she wrote up like sort of a summary of, you know, well, here's these other cases that are pending. Right. And there's there's like a half dozen of them. And and yeah, and some of them, yes, there are other cases pending against this part of the ACA or that part of the ACA. And I'm sure there will be more in the future, you know, uh, but. But yeah, the, none of these, this was the last, like I said, there were three cases of probably 20 or 30. I, I probably haven't even heard of some of them, but of a couple dozen cases over the years, some of which uh, the ACA has lost. You know, there was there was the um, um, the Hobby Lobby case, you know, and then there's a few others, fairly high, profi- high profile. But as important as those other cases are, and they are, none of them go to the heart of the ACA itself. You know, none of them are like an existential threat Right. you know, to the law. And this was the last of the three, uh, you know, the first one was 2012 NFIB versus Sibelius. That's the, that's the one where everything in the ACA survived except for uh, Medicaid expansion had to be made optional instead of mandatory. Right. And so, you know, there was some serious damage there because it's, it's, it's you know, it's 12 years, it's uh, eight years later and there's still 12 States that haven't expanded. So that's, you know, that is a problem, but, and then the the second one was in 2015 uh, King versus Burwell, which until now that was that was the stupidest ACA case to actually make it to the Supreme Court. Uh, now it's the second stupidest one. Hey, can I interrupt you one second? This yeah. case that made it all the way to the Supreme Court wasn't this the case that we all laughed at when it first came out? Uh, it's the case that remember um, we were, what I mean is weren't we all saying oh that conservative thing and it was a conservative judge in Texas it's not going anywhere. I, a lot of people were. I seem to recall that. Well, maybe uh, you uh, weren't. <laughs> I, I, well, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't because of King versus Burwell, because in 2015 everybody was laughing at that case as being 
okay. absurd and it'll never make it anywhere. And then of course it did. And it was very high tension, high drama. And it ended up, you know, uh, um, ACA ended up surviving that one as well. But because of King versus Burwell, that's why when this one came along, I dismissed it for six months. When it first came out in, in early 2018, I did a quick write up about it. I was like, okay, here's another stupid lawsuit. And right. like, I, I forgot about it until six months later. And that was, and was in June of 28, uh, of 2018, or, uh, yeah, of 2018, was when Nicholas Bagley, who he's a you know, law professor here at uh, University of Michigan, and he's like an ACA expert, um, he was the one who sounded the alarm. And the reason he did was because, not so much because of the case itself, but because the Justice Department, right, this was Trump's Justice Department under Jeff Sessions when he was still Attorney General, they were filing what should have been sort of just a a, a standard, you know, um, uh, filing in in the, you know the process of the case, right. and instead they basically they basically just uh, announced they were throwing the fight. They basically dropped that they dropped the defense, you know, because the, the Justice Department is supposed to defend the law of the land, and they basically issued a filing that basically said eh, we're not going to defend it. <clears throat> and 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 furthermore, and they went one step further. They didn't just say we're not going to defend it. They actually said, yeah, we actually agree with the plaintiffs. So now you have the defense. It's like the defense of t- attorney literally saying, "I agree with the press, you know, with, with the prosecutor." You know, that's nice. And that was when he sounded the alarms, and he was like this, you know, this holy crap moment, you know, hair on fire. And that was when I was like, "Whoa, heads up!" And I started taking it very, very seriously since then. And um, because you know, it felt like you know the, the the fix was in and all that. And that was why that that's why I called he, he called it the Texas Foldham case. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because basically, basically they're they're throwing the fight, um, and that's what I've called it ever since. So, but here we are. Wow, um, Cliff. Anything else on this? I mean, I think this was just. <clears throat> I, said, I didn't want to sort of go through all the. the I mean, I'm going to put up the link to our old, our old. It probably was six weeks ago. <laughs> our interview where you sort of walked through all the other ACA 101, explaining to folks what it is. But um, any other final takeaway from today? I I don't have any other questions. Yeah. I think Charles, as usual, did a yeah, bang Charles. up job of kind of laying it out for us not as smart and informed people. So <laughs> well, thank so, you, Charles. I mean, but then let me your last last summation then. So you're feeling good about today, or you're feeling like okay, we dodged a bullet, but there's more bullets coming, or um, we're better off. Or, no, or the doomsday clock has it moved away from midnight, or is it still where it was before? <laughs> are, are, are you talking to me or to yeah, Charles? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the, the, the definitely should be should be walking away feeling. I mean, yes, again, there, sir, there are other threats and there will be in the future. And of course, the ACA itself does still need, you know, a massive upgrade, a 2.0 version. You know, uh, we got part of that uh, with the American Rescue Plan, which beefed up the subsidies. But that's only temporary. That's only for two years. So those have to be made permanent. There's a bunch of other stuff, important stuff that needs to be done to, you know, to improve it and fix it and, you know, and, and beef it up and all that. But in terms of an existential threat to its existence, right. I think, knock on one, I think we're, we're over the hump on that. Um, of course, you know, again, of course, if Republicans ever get a trifecta again, then, you know, who the hell knows at right. that point. But that's always the case <laughs> with everything, right? right. right. Yeah, so right. when Republicans get a trifecta, the, the, we can left, always assume that some with, kind of mayhem will follow. Now, with that in mind, today's, I do want to give one parting thought. Hmm. Now that that's out of the way, perfect time to remind people that open enrollment, is reopened enrollment, well, it's a special enrollment, but it's basically open enrollment, is still ongoing from now until uh, August 15th. Yeah. If you are not, if you are un, uninsured, 
or if you're in an off exchange plan, or if you're in one of these like short term or you know, whatever these other sort of non-ACA compliant you know plans, go to healthcare.gov, right. sign up. The subsidies have been expanded, enhanced, improved dramatically, right. and you right. can get a really good deal these days. Yep. Yep. I'll leave it at that. All right. All right. Charles, this is healthcare. Great. Yay, healthcare. Thanks for being here, Charles. Man. Thank you for having me. Good talk to All you. Right. Busy day. Take care. Yeah. All right. Bye. You too. Bye. Ooh, man. <clears throat> and there's Charles. Wow. Oh, that so, was the good news yeah. for today. <clears throat> My allergies, of course, <clears throat> are going off That's again. That's the bad um, news for today. It's the bad news for today. But, um, well, okay, we'll put that aside. And there was another Supreme Court decision. I don't want to get into it, but the Catholics being the Ashley one. Yeah. Anti gay. That basically, once again, Catholic. Uh, Catholic foster care saying they don't want to help gays and all the kind of crap. And the, I forget the city. Which one was that? Where, oh, it just came out this morning. Because oh, there was another one that was the Nestle one. Were there three of them? Uh, I don't know what you mean by Nestle. Was it the name or did it involve Nestle? No, there was a big Nestle case and it had to do with people suing who were from one of the islands where they were forced almost in slave-like conditions to pick cocoa beans oh, and i'm talking about a gay case <laughs> what's well, i'm saying so i'm asking you because i thought there yeah. were only two so oh, i'm no. saying no, maybe no, no, there no. were three cases that yes came out, three or more a big, or three a big gay case came out catholic i'm sure it was catholic charities it was a catholic it was a catholic charity that of course didn't foster care didn't want to work with gays the city told them screw you then you're not getting any money at least historically dc had a big case on that years ago Right. And the Supreme, but here, interestingly, the Supreme Court came down unanimously and said the city had just had infringed on the uh, the Catholics' freedom of speech. Wow! First of all, well, all we can say wow. is, in, it, it, yeah, in this case, they they can't they sided on the wrong side. Yeah, they they agreed yeah. with the Catholic Adoption Agency and turned away same sex couples. I'm looking at it right now who wanted to who argued they should have rights uh, equal rights to this adoption because it's associated with the church yep. because. Apparently, religion is a get-out-of-free card for civil rights, for respecting the civil rights of others. All but nonetheless, that, but that's worth I'm knowing. The one, as I mentioned, you can look up more folks that have to do with workers who are not just exploited, who were literally in slave-like conditions suing Nestle. Um, I don't know why they would have had standing to do it here in the United States. Nestle is a Dutch company, I believe. Um, so so I would think that that's – but I don't, I, I don't know enough about it, so why don't we move on to other things yeah, yeah, yeah. that we yeah. do know more about. Um, oh, so other news today. We, uh, I forgot what you wanted to talk about. You would before. Well, I have I have a few things that popped up in front of me, all of which I thought were worth mentioning. Um, one is um, this thing that was in Politico uh, that I think is very kind of. In, I don't want to. I'm not them. I'm not going to say every. This is every Republican, but I do think this is the id in a lot of the Republican Party now, and worth mentioning. Hmm. So. This is Miami. I'll read you the two paragraphs, and you can read them. Hmm. Um, a little-known GOP candidate in one of Florida's most competitive congressional seats was secretly recorded threatening to send, quote, yeah. a Russian and Ukrainian hit squad, unquote, yeah. to a fellow Republican opponent to make her, quote, disappear, unquote. During a 30-minute call with conservative activists that was recorded before he became a candidate, William Braddock repeatedly warned the activists to not support GOP candidate Anna Paulina Luna, a Republican primary for a Tampa Bay area congressional seat, because he had access to assassins. The seat is being vacated by Representative Charlie Crist, who's running for governor. So that's where we're at now. Um, in a Republican primary, you may threaten to send a Ukrainian-Russian hit squad uh, after supporters of your opponent. Um, normally yeah. I might just say it's some crazy people. They're crazy people on the democratic side that say crazy things, unhinged people, stupid oh, people, yeah. but this kind of fits a pattern. 
uh, of, of yeah. the kind of things we hear all the way up to President Mar-a-Lago. And, you know, like the fact that this person chose to say Russian and Ukrainian, I have to admit, kind of piques my interest. Yeah, that was weird. In any too. case. Yep. yep. Well, he's going to jail. I mean, that, <laughs> there's well, that's no way good. that guy's not going to jail. Yeah, it's good. But I still think, you know, the overall, like, that this is the tenor of the GOP. Yeah. yeah. It, it, there's something to that. A second thing that I think this is really important for those of us who have uh, kids who are too young to get vaccines yet hmm. and such, um, a, a study just came out. Hundreds of thousands of Americans have sought medical care for post-COVID health problems. The, those affected were all ages, including children. Um, the most common new health problems were pain, including in nerves and muscles, breathing difficulties, high cholesterol, malaise and fatigue, and high blood pressure. Others well, these included are, these intestinal are symptoms, migraines, skin problems. Yeah. Oh, wow. Correct. Wow. They, I don't know that they're able to, to say 100% there was a connection yet, but that these are all people that are coming in for these right. new problems that never existed before they had COVID. So, you know, it's kind of like Gulf syndrome or whatever, Gulf War syndrome, to the point where enough people start coming in with something that had that had specific, have a specific, yeah, specific connection that maybe you start asking questions. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I'm sure they'll do many more studies on this. I'm trying to see who did this. Fair Health. I don't know who they are. It's in Yahoo News. Again, I'm reading you this from there. I want everybody to have all the information. Maybe it'll be rebuked by somebody else, but that's... We've heard some of these things before that there's long term, it could be long term health. Right. So, you know, like get your vaccines. And if you don't have them, especially if you're like my family and they're sold, still be careful and yeah. make sure that you don't, you know, they don't get sick because it's not the toughest sick thing to do bad. when you walk in places here and there to wear a mask. Um, bad. Sick is very bad. Okay. So that's that. Yep. Those are two things I thought were important to mention. I mean, I think the was... last one that I wanted yeah. to mention. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's been a lot of, press around this uh, i hope i pronounce his name correctly but this officer fanon yeah uh, capital hill officer who who was very honest and went on cnn and other places and and talked tearfully almost this tough guy but about what he went through that day the ptsd of the january 6th terrorist attack on our capital he's a dc cop yeah right it, you yep. know, that was uh, that was incited and supported by Donald Trump and his minions. Actually, um, real quick, do you and, tell people who exactly who he was? Do you remember his story? He's the one who was on the Just real quick, only because it, it's so poignant. He's the one who was on the ground and they grabbed his weapon and started discussing whether to kill him. And one of the guys said, kill him, kill him with his own weapon. That would be great. So his that he's oh, that wow. guy. I remember he's seeing that video. I didn't remember that was him. Jesus. That's that's who he was. So like, no wonder the guy has PTSD. They literally sat there with his life before his eyes. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. But I thought that was really important to, right. to remark about him. Well, yeah. and uh, you know, I may write something about this for the Daily Beast. I'm thinking about it. Um, but it's just again another sort of example and just more evidence of what really is a pretty easy thing to put together which is the republican party runs and uses cops almost as like a shield they do that with veterans too they do that with guys with hard hats at factories they hate all of them yep. they hate all working class people at yep. least all the elite republicans all the ones that fund them this garbage this bullshit where they pretend to be this party of the working yep. class i mean it would be laughable and Again, it's one of, the, one of those things. It's another failure uh, of getting honest information out there because of the disinformation networks on the right. Mainstream media is both sides garbage where they refuse to tell things the way it is. Most, there are exceptions. Right. And then the left and Democrats' failure in messaging. 
Um, and I bring this up because Andrew Clyde, that schmuck, I mean, I can call him a lot Is worse it? names than that. He is the, the congressman who claimed in in the on the Homeland Security Committee, I believe it was when they were having the hearings that it was just like a tourist visit of the oh, Capitol right. that day. Yeah. yeah, he's a, I think he's from Georgia. Congressman, your classic right wing idiot. Um, and so Officer Michael Fanone, who was at on the Hill the other day. Because they're trying to get, you know, they're still trying to get something passed. So there's a committee, a commission to look at this. Walks up to this representative, Andrew Clyde, offers his hand, and Andrew Clyde refuses to shake his hand. Right. That's the kind of garbage, human garbage we're dealing with here. Right. And we let these guys, and I could go all the way back, folks, to when I did stuff, you know, um, for, let's say, every town for gun safety, other people, when Republicans, the NRA, you know, Gordon Liddy, you know, of Watergate fame and others demonized ATF officers and said you should aim for the head when they knock on your door. It goes back to that crazy Bundy schmuck. Said that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I would have thought that would have been terroristic incitement, but it wasn't. You think? Um, yeah. They yeah. called them, you know, they called them, uh, you know, uh, stormtroopers and all this stuff. It goes back to when they um, attacked more recently, five years ago, ever long, long ago, with the. Um, with Bundy, that idiot, that the guy refusing to pay his grazing yeah. taxes in Nevada, and they literally trained their weapons on officers from the Bureau of Land and Management. Yeah. Um, it goes back to the guys they blew up in who were also uh, uh, were cops. Uh, I don't remember on what level. I think it was FBI, was it, or ATF in the building in Oklahoma City. They've always hated law enforcement. They've yeah. always despised them. They've yeah. always attacked them. The fact that they allow weapons of war in our streets that, that cops can't compete with, that leads to cops dying. There's just this case down in Florida where literally a 14-year-old girl got a hold of a family's uh, gun. I think I feel like it was an AR, hmm. uh, the usual AR, I'm trying to remember. Just walked down the street and started shooting at the police. Right. Uh, they have no interest in protecting the police, just the way they had no interest in protecting troops who they sent and they didn't give them the proper you know, armor to wear because they were i mean but we let them somehow get away with this garbage when again and again they show who they are they couldn't give two shits about the cops they literally they're just a, they're just a way that they can pretend that you're united with these these tough white working class guys against black people and liberals and whatever but when it comes down to it this is the pattern for 30 years now at least yeah. and i just think that that's worth like these are the things yeah. we should be pointing out every single day about well, you know, and it, and it, it fits it fits into the larger, let's face it, everything, right? We've said this already now. God, clearly, God, they couldn't give a damn about. The, the Trump thing, Trump is no. just anathema to anything religious and anything anything faith, anything morality, right? Couldn't give a damn about that. Um, freedom, couldn't care. Could, our, they fucking hate our country. Right. They hate our country. As you said, it's the cops, and the, they hate law enforcement, but they do not like America. They, they don't like what this country stands for. They love to wrap themselves in the flag, but as Donald Trump showed, just... Just stick it to America every chance. I mean, they talk about Democrats having an apology tour when they go abroad. Donald Trump had the biggest apology tour. Oh, my ever. God. It he wasn't an apology tour as much as it was a, thank you, sir, may I have another? What yeah, can a, I do? Can I polish your shoes, Mr. Putin? Yeah, it was a, it was uh, a sex tour. I mean, right. he went and got on his knees with Vladimir Putin and never got up. And, right. and, and again, we were all outraged. But, you know, once again, it was huge news that day. We were all blown away. But, you know, did we keep talking about it? Right. And I mean, even it. now with, well, with Biden doing his thing, we should be comparing it. We but I mean, our talking point should be comparing it to Trump every second of the way, not just saying how good Biden did. Well, and we should be in the fight now because, look, there are going to be some among cops who are white supremacists. We've seen that who are radicals who uh, will uh, will every any chance they're given if they're going to if they can get away with it, will right. abuse African-Americans, women, whatever. They're awful people. 
But there are plenty of cops who, you know, just are Republican by identification because the Republicans successfully painted the, you know, anybody who's a Democrat left, anybody from center on left, that we hate all authority and we hate all whatever. And meanwhile, they won't even shake the guy's hand who almost died there protecting them and has PTSD. Not only they not look into that they refuse to investigate how it happened, they want to shake his hand. You know, I mean, I mean, can you imagine if, again, we've said this a million times, but imagine some group of radical leftists while Obama was president and, and Obama had incited them to go do this, you know, and encourage them and said they were great people and blah, 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 blah. And then the guy, sh- somebody shows up to, uh, you know, on Capitol Hill um, who was victimized and a Democratic member of Congress refused to shake their hand. Let's say it was Maxine Waters. Yeah. Can you just imagine what they would do with that? Yeah. You would see it every day. Yeah. And, and by you the know, way, you know what you would do? You would hold these big press events with people shaking hands, by the way. Right. right? Would everybody shake Fanon's hand. Yes. Actually, you'd have cops. You'd have – oh, my God, Cliff. You'd get you'd, – the police union would be in on it totally. You'd get, like, cops in uniform shaking hands with, like, members of Congress and doing photo ops, like, a hundred, hundreds of them. Imagine. Yeah. And the press and, would and have to cover because it would be such a photo op. It just drives me crazy. Yeah. Because they're going to get away with this. They're yeah. going to keep portraying themselves as pro-cop, even as and, – and also they, they there was a vote to give them medals of honor, right? And 21 Republicans in the House voted against doing that. 21 Republicans are like the guys that tried to save us are crap. Yeah. Because they need to keep their – they need to keep alive their their uh, their narrative – with with uh, the white supremacist neo-Nazi far right, that anybody stopping them from their will to power must be a member of the enemy. I mean, like, you know, I just I, I wish we were better at this. I wish yeah. the mainstream media was better at actually telling people what the truth is. You know, uh, I wish we were better at, at taking apart right wing, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Right wing uh, propaganda and not allowing it to exist in the manner it does. Just call itself news. And accept that, right. you know, but it just these are the things that drive me nuts every day. So I thought that was worth mentioning. Yep. And the final I, thing, yeah, I got one more if it's worth yeah, yeah. saying, yeah, yeah. which is in this won't shock you know, if you've been paying attention. But um, two polls were taken this week. Hmm. And um, in and just to tell you how thoroughly Donald Trump and other Republicans have allowed their party to become a brainwashed authoritarian America hating cult um, that that uh, in two polls taken, one was morning consult for Politico. The other was YouGov for The Economist. Now, Putin has a better net favorable rating among Republicans than Biden does. Oh, my God. Imagine no. that. A man who murders journalists, murders minorities, you know, attacks, and you know, other territories and, and you know, it basically kills anybody in his way. Um, is a, a vicious dictator, and the Republican Party has a higher view of him than Biden. What does that tell you about right-wing wow. media and the garbage they're spewing out there? Yeah. And I'm sorry, but you know what? And what does it tell you about Republicans and their party overall? Because, you know, oh. I'm sorry. You know, it doesn't take Fox News to snooker. Or it, how do I want to phrase this? You're kind of an idiot if Fox News is able to snooker you into thinking that Vladimir Putin, he's actually a good guy. You're an right. asshole and an idiot if you think that. I mean, yeah, Fox lied to you and Newsmax lied to you and OAN lied to you. But at the same time, you're kind of a fucking moron. Well, I mean, and they're doing Russia's work here. 
right? I mean, they're repeating Russian talking points from Ron Johnson to Donald Trump to Fox to, you know, every other organ on the right. Like, you know, it's not just Putin, but Republicans as a party, there was a majority support, which shouldn't shock anybody because there was majority support from everybody for NATO before Trump. Now, uh, in, the, in these polls also, one of these polls, I have to see which one, it, now among Republicans, NATO has a 31% approval rating, 49% disapproval. I mean, that's what they've done to this party. <laughs> it's like an arm of, of – they should just re- rename from Republican to Sputnik maybe. Yeah. I mean I, I – Folks, just for the younger ones among you who, who don't study history that closely – I would have a hard time, and John can can correct me if I'm wrong here, and you know anybody can. I think NATO has been the most stabilizing force that has prevented a World War III over the last seventy to eighty years. Yeah, I think I can make that statement definitively. There are yeah. others, but but NATO, and yeah. you now have few less than a third of the Republican Party has a positive view of it. I mean. How do you even have a negative view of NATO? I don't even – and again, as a Republican, as a Democrat, you could be some peacenik typer, and I don't mean to be rude by saying that, but you know. No, but there's some on the far left that do, and they're fucking wrong too but, as far as I'm but, concerned. But I mean – but I can almost see that on the far left where I don't like, I don't like any military spending or, or I don't like excess or whatever. OK, fair enough. I don't enough. like peace. But, but Sorry, on the right, myself. No, but I mean – but I'm, I'm quite serious. I'm not there, but I get the logic I guess if you're there on the left. But on the right, if you're a right winger – how do you not like NATO? Like, what is your problem? Honestly, I think they don't like NATO because it's Van Angela Merkel. She was mean to Donald Trump. And I oh. understand that that the Canadians laughed at him in that. Remember that meeting with the video? You saw the Canadian prime minister laughing. And Ivanka went because we remember when Ivanka went to the NATO meetings? I, I didn't oh remember. Oh, my God. That. And they like ignored her. And they wouldn't like oh. the, all these other people were like offended yeah. by the fact that she was like trying to have a conversation with them. Um, I did not remember. I mean, I, I know at the time we noticed, but somebody was sharing, it was probably Helen Kennedy who I adore. Who's a former journalist. I think New York daily news, very good on Twitter. And I think it was Helen who shared it. They were perhaps. doing the official photos and they had the ones where they're all sitting in chairs. That was the really funny one, but they also did an official photo where they're all standing together. Trump brought Ivanka into the official photo of all the NATO heads of state. And you've got all of these. One oh is when they're God. sitting, remember? It's such Ivanka, a Saudi Arabia thing to do. But I mean, it, Cliff, it didn't even hit me at the time, or maybe it didn't, I forgot, that this wasn't just, you know, he brought he brought his daughter to work day. He made he made them let Ivanka in the, the group photo of the heads of state. It's as if it's like your graduation photo. And you said, I'm bringing my friend Chuck with, too. I mean, like, what? what? No, yeah, my no. brother. Hey, my buddy, my, brother. Is, my buddy happens to be in town drinking. Can he come into the photo? And this is the one, too, where remember when Ivanka's in the chair and she's laughing, but laughing in, in that uh, flirt. Now, this I do remember, that flirtatious laugh, because I remember at the time we were talking online, at least about I was asking women and said, tell me this isn't a flirtatious laugh she's doing to her own father. And they said, exactly. You know, her head's back, her neck, you can see all the way the mouth is wide open. Ha ha ha. And behind her, you see one of the leaders from a country I don't recognize. And this may not have been NATO. This This would have been. This could have been Pacific. I'm not sure what, or or it's or, or it's a European East, Eastern European country. I don't recognize, but the leader of the one country is just looking at her with this look in his eye, like what the fuck? Remember that one? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I mean, oh, these guys. I, but but again, I, I, maybe that's why they hold it against them. They are a they are not just a freaking cult. They're stupid as shit. These guys are just dumb. Republicans are dumb. 
And I don't know what we do about it because they're not just dumb, but they're un-American and they're they're anti-American because they're un-American. They don't like our rights and freedoms. They don't like our system of government. They don't like our democracy. They like authoritarianism. They're, they are like that guy in, in Florida. He said the quiet part aren't loud. They like to hire Russian hitmen to take out their opponents. That's who they are. No, and in this right. case, what they're doing in all the states with all the election laws, that's their version of Russian hitmen. Let's just go and cheat, rob, and steal our way into power. I, I mean, it's just it, – it boggles my mind how – how they get away with this and how in this country, it really does scare me just to, like we've talked about before, but about where this country is heading and what it's capable of. Cause I really, well, I mean, the problem is, is that like, ugh, is again, and we brought, I brought this up on that show, you know, and I, of course I quoted that line from the, I think it actually wasn't from the winter soldier movie or civil war. I like, I like my, my Marvel Avengers stuff, yes. but that, that, that statement the guy said was so true, which is you can't bring down a great, empire from the exterior you 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 turn people against each other that's how you do it and this is vladimir putin's sort of this is what he does it's not just the united states you can see it in smaller countries that he's he's sort of turned on themselves larger countries where he's just supported the extremist far right and far left authoritarian movements his whole point is is to destroy consensus bring us down from within, have us at each other's necks. And because now we're living in this very international world where cable and internet and everything is, you know, crosses boundaries, he can influence what happens in our country in a way that they never could before. And I mean, all they have to do is, you know, they don't have to send their talking points to us via some private cable. They literally just put it on RT and Sputnik radio and all this stuff. And then Tucker Carlson gets what he's supposed to say. Glenn Greenwald gets what he's supposed to tweet out. I mean, it's that easy, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, that's the problem here is like we're, you know, I mean, I, I, to me, one of the first steps is what we should do with the danger they're posing is literally kick RT and Sputnik yes. out. They have no no rights in this country as no. foreign entities. They should be no. gone. Fox yeah. is tough enough what we have to do to deal with a, a domestic entity that is sowing, you know, division and and conspiracy and lies and all that but i mean there's just no reason we need to let rt or or sputnik or anything connected to russia show up anywhere here as far as i'm concerned yep um so that's a problem um a big problem um, oh gosh anyway Glenn, by the way i think i just oh. point out that today he's oh. not even hiding it anymore although he really well, now hasn't what's he been doing <laughs> um so Elena Chernenko, and I haven't looked up who, what this newspaper is. But she's part, the granddaughter. Special of correspondent. Oh, good question. Special correspondent at the Commerçant Daily Newspaper, Moscow. Okay, that's not good news. Yeah. Glenn's directly retweeting her. Oh, of course he is. <laughs> so Vladimir Putin took seven questions from Western media during his press conference after the summit in Geneva. Guess how many questions from Russia media, Russian media Joe Biden took? Zero. And of course, Glenn's retweeted. To be fair, Biden was tired from, as CNN and NBC and Washington Post told us, having stood tall and wiped the smirk off Putin's face. So there's Glenn appropriately and sarcastically Jesus retweeting. Christ. I mean, he should just come out and be like, uh, you know, whether he's paid or unpaid, I'm an agent of Russia because he really is. It doesn't really matter. He's do, it doesn't matter whether he's be doing it for money or not. He's doing it. He may be doing it. Retweet it so I can find it. I mean, I retweeted. Well, you have to retweet well I did retweet Bradley Moss. If you know who Bradley Moss is, yeah, um, did Brad who's go a after lawyer. Him? I'm sorry. Did Brad go after? Him? Yes. 
Um, Brad retweeted it and I retweeted Brad. Brad's quote tweet was, to be fair, pretty much all actual free press and independent Russian media figures are either in jail or mysteriously have fallen down open elevator shafts. Oh, yeah. So I retweeted that. So you'll see it if you go in my timeline. It's just so, I mean. He's so awful. He's just a loathsome creature in every way possible. He's he's loathsome. Lowest form of scum is what Glenn is. Um, You know, uh, I don't know that I have anything else. Do you? I'm tweeting as we talk here. Auntie, what a surprise. Glenn is obsequiously. What a great word. And there's so, yes, few, people you can, there's so few people you can use it for. And Glenn I'm likes to use that target. word. I like to throw the words he, he I just uses like back that. in his face. Does he use it? I don't know. Yeah, he does. He, he talks about U.S. media's obsequious, you know, uh, kissing Biden and whatever. So use it because it, it, it always pisses him off more when you use the, the actual words and stuff back in his face. I've learned what annoys him, and I kind of have fun with it. I just, I mean, I don't even know. What, what are you writing? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to like, I, I just. Take your time if you want. I just meant if you're going to send it out. No, now no, no, I, I couldn't. I was starting to write something and I changed my mind. Fuck him. I mean, I'll write it later, but I just. Yeah. You just got to. But the thing is, I, you know, and again, because I'm a lawyer, I'm very careful with the stuff. I don't know what's made motivating Glenn. As we've said before, the most innocent explanation I can come up with is, you know, show us on the show us on the map, Glenn, where America hurt you. You know, that, that's, the most that's innocent, part of it. Absolutely. That's the most yes. innocent I can come up with is is just PTSD hatred of this country. <laughs> There's right. something I just well, you just don't just run country. away and move to Brazil and even back then express well, hatred. Correct. No, no, but he let me if I finish that, like if you just yes, people move all the time. Our friend Jamie Schler, who's on the show, moved to France. No, but you don't just run away the way he did and then write all sorts of things about how America was awful to you and wouldn't let you get married as a gay person. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, he's written plenty of stuff where he's made clear his, his animus towards the United States, even before all this stuff started. I'm talking about from 10 years ago. So we don't have to guess. He's made that clear, what I'm saying. He's just, I mean, God. But to me, again, I think it's important because I'm not just doing it because I personally loathe him, which I'm honest about. I do. But he does have a big following. And he's, he has snookered people because he started off supposedly on the left and tricked people. And so many people fall for his con man act that he's, you know, he just believes in freedom and openness in this garbage when he's when all the time now he's repeating Russian and right wing talking points, which are all one and the same. Right. So I do. I think it's important to call him out because he's a bad actor on the national or international stage now. Um, I just I just tweeted it's it's obscure enough, but I said what a surprise Glenn is obsequiously retweeting Putin's anti-American propaganda network. So then I put a line break. Reminds me of the Churchill quote: "We know what you are, madam. We're simply haggling over the price." Perfect. Well, and that's what I do with him too. He's a little ambiguity as to whose whore he is, but he's somebody's whore, and I don't. Right. I don't well, and, and that's why it, on this sh- on this show and everywhere else, when you're talking about like don't say things you don't have the proof for. Very clearly, when I say things like he's – I explain myself. I say he's an agent of Russia. What I mean by that is I don't mean he's employed by them. I don't mean they're paying him. I have no idea. What I mean is he's doing their bidding even if he's just doing it to make himself happy. I have no idea why he's doing it. You know what I mean? I don't have proof. I've, I can guess, but I don't have any proof. But what I, mean, I do know is he repeats their talking points. That's clear. Well, he's so – I don't want to make this show about Glenn, obviously, because we you know, end on a high well, note. No, I mean, but he – but no, but what bothers me too, I mean, again, the correct cliff, the reason we talk about it is because he's hugely powerful and it's important. He's, I mean, he's got 1.6 or something million followers. If he had 15 yeah. followers, I'd be yeah. like, I couldn't give a shit what he says. You and know? his Substack but, newsletter is huge too. It's, it's just that what, what I find troubling about him is he's very smart. He's a very intelligent guy. And I, 
so many of his tweets are so dumb. Like that one, frankly, that one was what, what I find really strange is so many of his tweets are obviously vicious, I guess is the only thing I can call it. Right. I, I read that tweet that you just said. And to me, it sounds angrily vicious, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the kind of thing you might tweet about somebody who <laughs> raped you or killed your mother or something, right? I mean, like, you know, or, or, or shot you in the head. I mean, where you're so angry at them, right? But there's, but he's so smart though. And he's been involved and he's a lawyer, right? So, you know, that he almost, to me, he almost seems out of control when he writes and says these things, which is why I keep going back to PTSD or something, but it's very strange because he's a smart guy. And when smart people can, I'll get out of, I'll get super livid in some things I tweet. Right. I mean, but it's, it's occasional. <laughs> it's not like yeah. every tweet you go, Oh my God, something happened. And John just lost it, but really lost it. And, and, you know, but that's just one thing we're not going to judge. But I feel like every fucking thing this guy tweets practically, well, it's so unhinged he, that you, well, go, that's the thing. What is, what is wrong with you? When he, so some people pointed out Dave Nywart, who we've had on the show has done a yeoman's job of pointing out way <laughs> back when, when, even when Glenn volunteered and did, did uh, legal work for a neo-Nazi, you know, before Which he was, uh, ACLU did too, right? Right. You know, but, but no, no, but again, yeah. that's where the, the that's point where they Dave, differ. David makes <laughs> is important, which uh, is David pointed out that, that he's always been this way and that he didn't just defend the neo-Nazi. What he did was, is he attacked the Urban League, the NAACP and whatever, and went directly after them and said, well, of course, corrupt organizations such as that filled with blah, 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 blah. You know, the right. kind of stuff you see him tweet was how he spoke about the fucking NAACP. Right. That's just always been who he is. Yeah. He is a desperately, deeply, emotionally unhinged character who is angry at the world. That's clear. Why, why and how of that? You know, America's part of it, but but people he sees as part of the establishment. I mean, it's not just a normal criticism. You're right. It is an angry diatribe against people. Sometimes it's just That's random I mean. people. It's, it's he'll pick out a reporter. He did to you once, yeah. John, where he randomly like picked something you said. He just likes randomly picking on people. That is an unhinged yeah. character with deep, that's what deep I mean. it's, emotional it's problems. It's over the top. It's again, I, I think of, you know, being livid in a family fight where you're screaming at the top of your lungs. And then, right. I mean, afterwards you go, oh my God, what did I do? Because literally you were unhinged, unhinged in the sense of somebody took the hinge off or opened it and let the floodgates open. Right. Almost every tweet he writes strikes me that way. And it's not that every tweet is God damn it. All cap. It's not like that. It's, it's, there is an, like I said, there's an animus and a, a, I, I, I only partly joke when I say show us on the map where America hurt you, Glenn. It is an emotional thing that a trauma victim, you know, I mean, I mean, to be fair, Biden was tired from as CBS, NBC, Washington Post access told us, right? So now the CNN, NBC and Washington Post that all of the, he's responding to a Putin propaganda network, right? Where they don't have free press at all. And he's smearing American media as being part of an axis, right? Also, the word axis kind of harkens to the axis powers in World War II, right? Um, I mean, it's, it's, he's, and he's defending, he's defending Putin. He's in essence elevating a Russian propaganda network. He's attacking America's press. I mean, everything in this tweet is just. Well, that's what I mean. So I try to separate all, out all of those issues, right? To, to me, yeah. It doesn't matter if – that's why I say I don't care if somebody's paying him. I don't need to know, right? Because to me, 
there's the anger, the vicious, the vitriol towards anybody who he sees as part of the American or worldwide, you know, establishment, which is a very sort of like white supremacist mindset, right? Far left or far authoritarian, far, you know, far right or far left. So of course he hates NATO. He hates stuff that makes people's lives better, but that aren't, you know, because he feels somebody's hurt him, as you said, where's America hurt you? Where's like the mainstream hurt you that you've got to be on the fringes, no matter what attacking everybody else who's, who are trying. And some people are doing are awful, but many people who are at least trying to lead, lead, uh, bring consensus, which in, in reality leads to better things. Okay. Um, but, but, the, I, so, but the, the, who he chooses to attack, that's the question. Why he goes after us media the way he does and all that sort of stuff. You know, it, it does. That's the stuff that makes me wonder why he's, why it seems to be every single person that Russia or organization Russia hates, he hates too. The vitriol I think is all his. So I don't think, as I often do in life, I don't think it's one factor. I think it's a combination of factors. And that's why I'm not convinced he's necessarily being paid. I don't have any proof of that anyhow, because I think he could just do it just out of his sense of grievance and hate. That's what I mean. It could just be a, 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 a in Greek, we say mania, mania, but meaning like just, boy, you're fucked up. Right. I have PTSD after 9-11. Like, I know what that kind right. of thing is like. It's It's a weird, it's a weird you know, you're just so tightly wound and thing with, in my case, it was loud. I told you I was at a restaurant in France and the waiter behind me dropped a tray of dishes on the ground. And this was probably a year and a half, two years after nine 11, maybe. And I broke into tears <laughs> and I didn't know why that was the weirdest part. I'm sitting at a dinner table at a nice restaurant in Paris, breaking into tears because a loud bang of dishes happened behind me. I ran out of the restaurant cause I was mortified. And confused as fuck. And one of the friends came out and finally I was like, I was like, I think it's 9-11. And they were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I mean, I, that was my, that was my, I realized it before that, but my rev revelation that I had like PTSD after 9-11 was loud noises would freak the fuck. Me too. Right. I don't talk about it a lot, but I, you know, I, don't saw, either, the second, I saw the second yeah. plane hit live. I was there. I was headed downtown to where it happened. 20 minutes yeah. later, I would have been there when the plane hit right below the building. Yeah. Um, and all the people I saw wandering up Broadway after covered in white ash. There's too much to talk about. And, it, yeah, and yeah, yeah. for at least a year or two after that, it was really difficult yeah. for me. And yeah. I remember one time in DC when a, a, a bus backfired and I almost, and other people reacted too, but uh, maybe six months later and I almost hit the dirt. Yeah. So I know it. I want, I, yeah. I, I was scared yeah. enough that I would pull, I almost, I, there were some nights I'm not kidding you. I pulled where I lived in, in DuPont circle, pulled the shades down because you're hearing about stuff going on in terrorist attacks. I just didn't want anybody to be able to see in my windows. Yeah. And that was yeah. not a, what I would call a rational act. So I know no. something was, was understandable, but not rational. Exactly. Correct. But um, that's and, what I feel like when I read his stuff, I feel like there's an irrationality that makes me say, God, it, it almost doesn't even seem like you said, it almost isn't like someone's paying him. It's not like it's intentional. It, it's as, it's as if there's just something fucked up going on. I feel like the way I feel about Trump, I just I don't think he's mentally healthy. I try to be careful here because yeah, I don't we, I want to be careful. I'm not trying to stigmatize people. I mean, I just admitted I, I had mental health challenges after, you know, 9-11. I have anxiety. I have whatever. Trust me, folks. I, I'm not. I've worked in that area to try to help people. But he has a, a, a unhinged nature emotionally that is that of a narcissist and a sociopath and is dangerous. Right. for people he hurts people with and that's a very small percent by the way of those who suffer from any kind of mental illness have that 
and I can't even say I'm not even diagnosing him, but Jesus, I mean, it's like with Trump, some of the, some of these things are so obvious. I mean, I'm sorry. Some of these things are textbook with, with Glenn. So, I mean, please don't take it as, as an, as an attack on most folks who go about their lives and have to fight mental illness. But in Glenn's case, his is his to me. I honestly think he's dangerously that way, the way I thought Trump, the way I think Trump is. And he's harming people, and that's why we have to we have to address it. If he had 14 followers, nothing would make me more happier than for him to disappear and to never talk about him again. But like Donald Trump, correct? I mean, Donald Trump and Seb Gorka, who I think is part of the same has some of the same qualities, and a bunch of these people like that. Who you know, if they all were to disappear, I'd happily never talk about them again. But if they have followings, they influence media, they influence government. They, then we have to talk about them. You know. This guy, Andrew Clyde, I can't stand him that didn't shake uh, Officer Fanon's hand, but we have to talk about it, you know? Who does that unless you've got some serious emotional oh, issues? God, the whole lot of them. I, you know, I will say this too. And, you know, and Glenn makes a fucking mint. He made a fucking mint at, uh, at the Intercept that now, by the way, and of course, classic like Republican thing now hates the Intercept, routinely savages them. I mean, ridiculous. Even though, boy, they... Is, the, is, is Gild the Lily the expression or is that, does that mean something else? I think it means something else, actually. But they, you know, half a million dollars a year Glenn made there, according to the documents people had. Half a million yes. dollars, right? And that now, doesn't count, by the way, um, that the, they paid for numerous upgrades to his house to put security posts in and they paid for armed guards, attacked him. And none of that was in that half a million. So God knows how much they spent. Oh, on and him. now I guarantee you with his Substack newsletter, he's probably making a million. A year easy oh easy just from knowing what other people make I which think. is fine i'm a capitalist well, no, but, i have no but, problem with that although i'm not a capitalist me, when it comes but, to you're trying to destroy your just, yeah go ahead yes but no but what bothers me cliff is and i will i will and this is where i try not to become a bitter old man but all these fucking assholes making money by being bad people and it just pisses me off whether it's it's grifters on the left or whether it's every single human being on the right you know, but God, they just know. And that's fair. Like everything. It's, it it's fair to get upset. How right. well they do, you know? Right. Just, right. We're not, you're not mad about the fact that they make money. No, you're I want to make money. <laughs> to make that money. And I think yeah, that's money. The, good. You no, know, I know that. I'm just saying <laughs> you're not jealous. Like, Hey, look, there's a rich person making more money than me. I hate them. It's there's somebody who's actually doing harm and being yeah. awful. And that's how they're making this. And much there's money. so much money. No, to but, be I mean, made to me, I don't blame you, John. If you that's well, put it this way. So Here, I'll give put my broader purse out there. Yeah. For me, it has nothing to do with personal feelings of how much money somebody makes versus how much money I make or or anybody else. My big problem with it is 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 the same problem when when the the Republicans started embracing Putin and doing stuff like that. When I was like, you know, I always knew this country had a lot of flaws. I'm not naive. I learned my history, the Trail of Tears, and and you know, and and rejecting Jews on boats from 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 you know the Holocaust, and obviously, you know, what we did to African Americans with slavery, and every, it just there's there's plenty of awful to go around. Uh, yet, at least we put in a framework where we were continually improving, you know, and and for a period of time when mass media rose, people that did really awful things were shunted aside and pushed out of what was considered acceptable. And what's awful now is there's a business model out there and it's the best business model, which is you build doors by being cruel and by being outrageous and by being a troll and you do. And that, and that's what Glenn (laughs) has done. I mean, that's, I mean, why do you think, why do people think Matt Gates was talking about, 
you know, it, the, the, the conversations came up that at one point he was talking about not staying in Congress and maybe trying to take, you know, Rush Limbaugh's spot on radio. That's what they aspire to. So it's no longer that they're being, you know, they're going to be responsible. They realize that the grifting, and there's this exists, as we know, on the far left now, too, with the Jimmy Doors and the, which is, if you can sit there and say, I'm, I'm more, I'm holier than thou. I am the purity and you have forsaken, you're a corporate sellout, neoliberal, blah, 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 and do all that stuff and, and spend attacking the people that are trying to form consensus, trying to get legislation passed, trying to advocate for good, trying to bring us together as a people as opposed to dividing us. There's, there's the business models endless for being an awful character you need all you need is yeah. is to be determined angry and have maybe a slight dab of charisma and not yeah. even necessarily even that and you can build yourself a following and make tons of money and and, and it's a real problem because yeah. I, you know there's no disincentives yeah. right what's a disincentive tucker carlson's show has gotten more popular than ever by his behaving that way oh what's yeah, the disincentive clearly. for him clearly. to i mean and in his case it doesn't even matter he's just a sociopath because he's rich as hell yeah. But he right. get he's rich as hell, so it doesn't even matter. Right, but there's no negative. What it, what in, yeah. in you know ten twenty you know whatever many years ago it would have been, people would see that guy in a restaurant and they get up and they'd walk away from him. People that were formerly friends of his would have nothing to do with him. He would have stepped outside of the pounds of common decency, and society would treat him that way. No longer, it doesn't matter. How'd you get famous? We don't remember anymore. We just know that you're famous now, and it's it, it's it's it is bad for our society, very bad. It provides all the wrong incentives, and that's a real problem. All right. Do, 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 do. Any more news on the fuck you parrot? Oh, no, the fuck off parrot. No, no, fuck you parrot, fuck off parrot, whatever. We need a fuck you I'm parrot. I'm sorry. I'm just trying, um, man. I don't, I don't like uh, having it be uh, you know, mostly negative stuff here. But. Well, the good news is the weather's finally normal in D.C. We're, we've gone away from 90s and humid to 70s and not humid, oh, although let oh, me I predict your, soon. And then let me predict your future, John. Because we're a day or two ahead of you always. It was 63 this morning. It's gotten right. up to the low 80s, but the humidity's gone. It was 63. I actually put jeans on, went out. Yeah. It was beautiful. So weather's Wednesday, better. Today, tomorrow's hot again. But, you know. But I've also got another thing that's just as important huh. as far as I'm concerned. Huh. We have passed peak cicada, which oh, means good. they are on the downswing. They are dying oh. off. I got to tell you, a couple of days ago, there was, I want to say this past weekend, so maybe four days ago, whatever, there were one or two days where, that were, where I, in between where I walked to get my coffee and I am, which is about two to three blocks away, there were a few trees there. There was a swarm of them that it felt a little locust apocalyptic. And the thing about cicadas are they drive, speaking of Matt Gates, they drive like Matt Gates, as to say, they're drunk drivers. Oh, God. They're like yeah. the worst. Yeah, I don't, I I don't know what Whoa. evolution did to them, but they cannot funny? fly straight. Like they funny? fly like imbeciles. Yeah, yeah. So they like so like you know the imagine these cockroach these creatures that screech really loud that look like flying cockroaches and they can't fly so they fly and they crash into you all the time because they can't fly straight. Yep, I, I, it's, it's an unpleasant experience, it's, and I'm really happy yeah. they uh, yeah they're on the downswing now. It's a very weird thing. Yeah, no, no, they're they're uh they're so goofy. So you combine the weather today and that, I'm actually feeling pretty good about stuff. So see, folks, we found some positives That's for Some you. positives. Um, Richie Torres got delayed a week, so he'll be joining us in two weeks, uh, oh, freshman okay. congressman from New York. But uh, A lot to talk about there. Yep. Maybe some Otherwise, in the heights, John. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe some. Yeah, we can see. We can ask. I doubt he, 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 What I like about him is he, you know, at least from what I've seen, I think he's, he's one of the ones that's our future. He's scared of nothing. 
He takes things on. He says what he believes, and I respect the hell out of him for that. But he's very careful about messaging, and he hones to his mouth. Like, he's very, like, uh, right. I mean, he doesn't just good. fucking. He's very. Uh, he doesn't just yell out any stupid thing. He's thoughtful about what he says, he's but he states his actual. Yes, exactly. He states his actual. Torres is not Glenn Greenwald. You heard it here first. In every way humanly possible, um, but he I'm also sure he would agree with that. But sorry, but he, but he also is thoughtful. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. And you know, you can message well without screaming. He's thoughtful in what he says, and you know, yeah. and I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh my God! Here's a one to end on. Just you know, right. huh. for whatever. Twenty-seven years ago today, John, the the world, our world of media, which we were just attacking, I think changed forever. 27 years ago today was the O.J. Simpson Bronco chase. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in uh, Trumpet's Bar in D.C., a gay bar that was like in a basement. We were all watching that going. I remember walking in and going, what the fuck is that? There was like a white Bronco on the TV screen. Jesus. That is I mean, it was basically, it was like proto-reality TV. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. What a mess that boy is. Jesus. O.J. Whoosh. Well, he he, uh, he finally um, went to prison, which I think is probably uh, an excellently good thing. What? I, how did he go to prison? But was it- he committed another crime, and I think oh. the judge in that case was like, "Ooh, he's like, we get we get it's a do over. We get we get a do over. We get a do over here. So let's make oh, sure yeah. it counts." He he so so he had sold off some of his memorabilia when he was in deep financial straits. Oh you know, yes, he murdered two people, um, and he broke into their hotel room at gunpoint, I believe held yeah. them and stole back his memorabilia. Yeah. So it was kidnapping armed robbery, yeah. you know, and they threw the fucking book at him. Like, yeah. I think they looked at the charges like, what's the maximum number of years we can get for all of these. And whatever was 30 or 40 or 20, I don't remember what it was. They're like, you're getting all of it. Yeah. So, yeah. because I think everybody was like, we get a do over finally. Yeah. No, that that's okay. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because remember, he got off on the original thing, but uh, and then the family was suing him. And I want to say the family may have even gotten some of the – oh, no, remember the memorabilia thing? He was suing because, yeah, like you said, somebody uh, somebody broke – did somebody steal it or something really weird? And then the family was – which, understandable, her family was trying to get, like, the proceeds because, you know, he did kill her. Well, okay, he allegedly killed her, right? I guess they didn't – did they ever prove that? They never proved it, right? But that he killed her? Yeah, Nicole, because he got well, off. Well, I mean, court, they didn't prove it in a court of law, but they proved it. If any, you know, anybody that wasn't manipulated by the likes of Alan Dershowitz and others who've come into ill repute since then, um, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's you know, I mean, I'm just saying, if you looked for like what is patient zero for our t- culture today, remember Kim Kardashian's dad was one of his lawyers. Um, that uh, after the the uh you know alan dershowitz went on to be like a tv personality and look at what that's come to um who are some of the other ones from that whole affair i mean you know like the just the whole thing yeah. like it, it just was you know it was a lawyer cra- was- who died who they said was a good lawyer though if the glove doesn't fit oh right it. but there was somebody else i was thinking of who um, dershowitz no, that's funny yeah yes remember. oh you the know. uh remember the uh the witness the goofy witness. Oh, the like, dude that lived on the sofa. I was gonna say pool boy or whatever he was. Yes, it, it created that. Oh, my oh God. what's her name? Who became the analyst on CNN and then went over to Fox? The lawyer. What the fuck was her name? Oh, God, Greta. Yes, Greta Van Susteren. Oh, God, he had a funny name too. Who was the? Oh my God, this is Bob. We're gonna hang up after this because we're doing we're going too long here. But let me say, 
OJ Simpson witness. He had a funny name like Billy. Oh, here we go. I can see his picture. But what's his name? Oh, no, it was some like fly name he had. Oh, God, they're showing me his picture. What's his name? Kato Kalen. That's it. Yes. Kato Kalen. Actually, I think he was the best of any of them. Yeah, I'm just laughing because the name and the hair. Remember, he had the, like the super 1990s hair. But yeah, Kato Kalen. Yeah, like he had that cool like point break hair. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, we're doing, now we're just rambling. All right, yep. uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Let me do a quick look at the, actually, the ads are going to be the same. I'm sure they are. Let me just see. Yeah, it's the same thing. That's fine. I've got the one recorded earlier, which I did, and then the uh, the one that uh, they gave us. So, okay. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Uh, take care, man. <laughs>